Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 66. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. Lamar Jackson finally beats Patrick Mahomes in a Sunday night football thriller. We'll touch on that. Also, the Raiders are 2-0. Are they real contenders in the AFC? Peyton Manning and Eli Manning are killing it on Monday night football. We have to talk about that. I also, I went to the Chargers versus Cowboys games. I do not believe in coach Mike McCarthy. And in the Premier League, Wolves are on the brink of falling off. They lose 2-0 this weekend. No shots on target. It's desperate times for the Wolves. Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, and Manchester City are going to be your threats for the Premier League title. Tottenham show themselves as the pretenders they are this weekend. All of that on this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens defeat the Kansas City Chiefs 36-35. to This is Lamar Jackson's first win over the Chiefs, over the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs. And what a performance for Lamar Jackson. He ends up with 239 passing yards, over 100 yards rushing. And he was just spectacular. After those two early interceptions, that it looked like, you know, this is the same old Ravens. This is uh, Lamar Jackson that can't, you know, can't get it done against the Chiefs. Uh, he's great, um, uh, amazing with other against other teams, but he just can't get over that hump. He just can't defeat the Chiefs. That's what it looked like. Pick six, another interception, two two interceptions in the first three drives for Lamar Jackson. It was just, it looked like it was going to be an ugly night, but you know the defense did just enough to hold off the Chiefs. The offense picked up, and they did what they do best. They ran the ball, and that's what the Ravens just have to you know accept who they are, they just got to, you know, embrace it and just punish teams with that run game. Um, they finished with 251 yards, um, more than the passing yards they had, 230. And they just dominated the time of the possession, uh, 35 minutes uh, to 24 minutes that the Chiefs had. Just amazing, amazing game plan by the Ravens. And I'm just happy for Lamar Jackson, you know. He gets a lot of criticism because, you know, he's not the thrower that a lot of people want him to be. And they overlook all the amazing stuff that he does. Like, he's had the number one scoring offense for the last few seasons. They've scored the most points. Uh, he, he rushes over 1,000 yards. He's the MVP. He's the most disrespected MVP of all time, in my opinion. He's already won an MVP. And people are saying that, you know, other players that are coming up are better than him. I've heard people say that, you know, Baker Mayfield is better than him. Um, I've heard people say that like Matthew Stafford is better than him. This is this is an MVP, you guys. He's an MVP, he's 24 years old. Yeah, we would like him to do more in the off in the pre um, in the postseason, in the playoffs. But Lamar Jackson's an MVP. What he could do on the field, not a lot of people can do, or, or no one can do on the field. He, he's a he's a menace. He's gonna keep defensive coordinators up all night, and it showed. And for the Ravens, I think this is big for them because a lot of a lot of football, yes, X's and O's and, you know, who has the most talent, but it's also mental. You also got to think. You also got to believe in yourself that you could beat a team. And it was starting to get to that point where the Chiefs just had the Ravens numbers. They've been having their number. And it was getting to the point where, like, yeah, like you got to get that monkey off the bag before the postseason. You got to believe in your in your team because these two teams, they, they're – I believe they're both going to be in the postseason. I don't think it's anything crazy. Both both of these teams are super talented, the Ravens, the Chiefs. They're, for the most part, barring any severe injuries, they should be in the postseason. So they have a very high chance of playing against each other again in the postseason. And the Ravens just need to have that belief that they could beat the Chiefs. Uh, it would have been very detrimental if they were if they were to link up, if they were to match up against each other in the playoffs and the Ravens would have lost this game. It just would have not been good. They obviously they would have still had a chance, but that mental part, that mental part of not being able to defeat a team and matching up with them in the playoffs again, I think it would have taken a toll on the Ravens. But now they get the monkey off the back. Lamar Jackson gets that monkey off the back, and now he has the win over Lamar Jack. I mean, over Patrick Mahomes, and it's good for the Ravens because the Ravens they were in danger of going 0-2. They lost to the Raiders, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. And, you know, they almost lost this game. And you never want to go down 0-2, especially against two AFC opponents. You know, the AFC uh, record is going to matter at the end for the playoffs. So good for the Ravens. They're now 1-1. The Chiefs are now 1-1 too. 
And surprisingly for the Chiefs, there's two teams ahead of them in their division. Um, the 2-0 Denver Broncos, the 2-0 uh, Raiders, and they're tied with the Chargers 1-1. One one. So the AFC West is going to be very competitive. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for the Chiefs like it's been the last few seasons. They're definitely going to have to you know, hunker down and win all their division games if they want to just easily coast to an AFC West title. And uh, I think Patrick Mahomes did his thing. His interception, it was just Patrick Mahomes trying to do Patrick Mahomes things. He tried to extend the play. He tried to make a throw as he's going to the floor. We've all seen the amazing plays that he's done. Um, you know, the, he, he did something similar in the Super Bowl, but his uh, offensive player couldn't catch the ball. He tried to do something similar against the Ravens. The Ravens are not a team that you want to do that against. And, you know, he said it was a dumb throw. He said he'll learn from it, and I think he will. But, you know, Edwards Hilaire, I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs need to uh, find a run game because Edwards Hilaire, 13 rushes, 46 yards, 3.5 average. You know, this man has been um, hyped up. Everybody was uh, excited for him at, um, last year when he was a rookie. Um, I expected big things out of him. A lot of people expected big things out of him the second year. And he has a crucial fumble that basically cost um, the Chiefs the game. So hopefully for Edwards Hilaire, you know, he had, he had a lot of injuries last year that slowed him down but I need to see more from Clyde Edwards Hilaire um Andy Reid has always liked to have that lead back from Westbrook to McCoy he's always had a really really good running back so I want Clyde Edwards Hilaire to just take that role and embrace it and really turn into that number one because I think it'll take a lot of pressure off Patrick Mahomes and but it might not happen just because you know if Patrick Mahomes would have just kept throwing they probably win this game but they try to just be conservative run out some clog get it to the center, and Clyde Edwards-Teller has a terrible fumble. Um, Travis Kelsey, after the game, said it best. You know, you just got to man up. Everybody in the locker room got to man up. I think the Chiefs will be okay, and I'm excited for the Ravens. Good turnaround. You you, you don't want to be 0-2 in the season after two weeks, and good for them. They get that monkey off the back. And that gutsy call by um, Harbaugh to go for it on fourth down, like I think the analytics said that they had a sixty percent sixty percent chance of winning if they would have punted the ball to Patrick Mahomes. But sometimes analytics, you know, you can't just always go by analytics. Um, I'm a numbers guy myself. I love numbers. I appreciate numbers. But we all knew if if they would have punted that ball to Patrick Mahomes with a minute left, he he would have taken advantage of it. He he would have probably driv- driven the Chiefs down, and they would have gotten that game winning field goal, and they would have felt. You know, like like another game got away from them. Like the Chiefs, like they just can't beat the Chiefs. So they, you know, they took it upon themselves to get that first down. And I, I could appreciate that by Harbaugh. I could appreciate that from Lamar Jackson. Um, he, leading up to the game, he said he wasn't thinking about that um, regarding um, not being able to beat the Chiefs, not being able to beat Patrick Mahomes. But I think uh, Watkins has already mentioned that, you know, he, he was thinking about it. it. It was something that was on his mind. So. Good for the Ravens. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Ravens. I do want this team to match up in the playoffs against. I think that would be a great matchup. Uh, I think like two years ago we were robbed from it, but it would be a very, very entertaining playoff matchup. And, you know, I just want Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to take that next step. I want him to be that lead back. I think the Chiefs need him to be that number one back for them to be just a super dangerous team. Because I'm still thinking about the Chiefs, like if they still had Hunt, Kareem Hunt, they would probably be like even even more dangerous team, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, hopefully for him, he's able to get it together. He's able to get a footing of the NFL. But I'm not worried about either teams, not the Chiefs, not the Ravens. I think they'll both be fine. I still think uh, the Chiefs should win the division, and the Ravens, they're one and one now. The Browns, um, the Browns won this weekend. The Steelers lost. The Bengals lost. So they're right in the thick of things. But, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, it was a great Sunday night football game. Um, this season has been amazing. We've had a lot of great games. Let me know what you guys think. Was this was this as crucial as I'm making it out to be? I think it was a crucial win for the Ravens. Uh, it might not be. It might just be a regular season week two matchup that, you know, doesn't really matter too much in the grand scheme of things. But I think it was very, very important for the Ravens to get this victory. But let me know. The Raiders are 2-0. They defeat the Steelers 26-17. They are 2-0 this season. They're 2-0 against the AFC North. Derek Carr has playing amazing football. He goes for 382 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He didn't have a run game all game. Um, Peyton Barber, if you guys didn't know, he's still in the league. 
ex-Washington running back. He's still in the league. He gets 32 yards. Kenny and Drink gets nine yards on seven carries. Derek Carr, third in the third uh, in rushing with four carries, nine yards. And Henry Ruggs has one carry for two yards. So as you can see, Derek Carr did not have any help from his run game at all. It was all Derek Carr, and he made it happen. And, you know, he doesn't have the most herald, you know, wide receiver core. You got Henry Ruggs. You got Darren Waller, who's a baller. Hunter Renfro, underrated. And Brian Edwards, Foster Monroe. Kenyon Drake helped a little bit on the pass game, too. But Derek Carr is doing a lot with not so much. Uh, no offense to these Raiders wide receiver. Henry Ruggs looks like he could have a really pop year. Like, this could be the year. Obviously, it's just his second year, but it looks like he could you know, start realizing that potential that made him the first wide receiver drafted in last year's draft. But, man, Derek Carr, I got to sing your praises, man. Derek Carr is playing like a baller, man. It looks like we're getting the Derek Carr of, I believe, 2016 when he was the MVP favorite before he broke his leg. Or 2017. Derek Carr is balling out, and he's making all the right decisions. He he got a lot of slag, or he gets a lot of slag from Raider fans, from other fans, because he's not spectacular. You know, sometimes he meets, he missed some reads. He he doesn't use his legs as much as you would like him to, and you know he plays a little conservative sometimes. But he is a quality quarterback. Like if you were to go down the list of quarterbacks that you would take above Derek Carr, he beats that. He beats the medium. He's not just your average quarterback. He's not like an Alex Smith. No offense, to Alex Smith. I really actually liked Alex Smith. He was quality quarterback. He's not like a Kirk Cousins. I think he's he's higher than that. He's he's a notch above those quarterbacks, but he's not. In my opinion, he's not like Matthew Stafford. I would I'll take Matthew Stafford. He's kind of close to Matthew Stafford, but he's a little bit a notch below Matthew Stafford in my opinion. But still a really really good quarterback, and he could elevate. He could elevate his game. Um, he has those days where he just you know has a pretty pretty spiral. He can make all the throws, um, and. This is a spectacular start to the season for Derek Carr, so I just want to sing his praises. I want to give him his flowers. I just want to talk about Derek Carr and the Raiders. The defense is holding up pretty good, too. Um, against the Steelers, Big Ben is not the QB that he used to be. He even said it himself in the press conference. He has to play better. If he continues to play like this, they're not going to win a lot of games. And it is completely true. Um, but the Raiders could only play who's in front of them, and the Steelers are still a dangerous team. And for the Raiders to be 2-0 against the NFC North, I mean the AFC North, playing the two marquee teams from that division. Other than the Browns, the Browns are, you know, they have a quality team, but the two known teams from that division, the Steelers and the Ravens, two class organizations for the Raiders to be 2-0 against the Steelers and the Ravens to start this season. I think that says good things about the Raiders, and it's a good outlook. It's a, it should give Raider fans a lot of hope for what's to come. And if you look at the Raiders' schedule, it, it's not that scary the next few weeks. You get the Dolphins. We'll see how Tua's doing. The Chargers, I think the, that's going to be a great matchup on Monday Night Football. The Bears, you got to favorite the Raiders. Broncos, Broncos are 2-0. Raiders are 2-0. We'll see who's the fraud on that game. We'll see who's who takes that step into mediocrity and then who uh, takes that step into contender. So, And then after that, you got the Eagles, the Giants. Eagles, we'll see if they're, you know, the week one Eagles, week two Eagles. The Giants, the Giants are done. So they should beat the Giants. So they could go into the Chiefs realistically. I would say to beat the Dolphins, it's a split against the Chargers. They could go anyway. They beat the Bears. They beat the Broncos. I think they beat the Eagles. They're definitely going to beat the Giants. So we're talking one week three, week four, week five, week six, seven, week eight, week nine. They could go into week nine with the Chiefs at like seven and one six and two so i think the raiders i mean i might be getting a little too hyped by them but they they have a chance to make a run right here especially if Tua doesn't play versus the dolphins um if the bears still have andy dalton they should they should get that win at home and the broncos you know they have a good defense they have a lot of weapons on offense but Derek Carr is better than teddy bridgewater so they have advantage there just on quarterback by themselves. So, you know, they have the better quarterback against the Dolphins, uh, against the Bears, against the Broncos, against the Eagles, against the 100% better in the Giants. So the Raiders really have a chance to make a push, to make that playoffs. Um, what is this? John Gruden's year four. 
So this is the year that they got to show something. They got to make progress, and they are off to the great start. What do you guys think? Are they for reals? Are they not for reals? I think the Raiders, um, even last year and the year before, they've had moments where you start you start getting the masses excited. You start getting the media's attention. You start you start to get people excited. You know, you start hearing Raider fans get louder. They're always loud, but you start hearing them talk a little bit more, and you're like, you you kind of get caught up in them. You're like, okay, the Raiders are back, and then they lose to the Falcons, like, and, and get you know their playoff chances destroyed. So. Hopefully that's not the case for Raider fans. Hopefully this is, you know, the start or something good. This is the start of a great season because I want I want to see the Raider fans are one of the best fans out there. Yeah, they're rowdy. Yeah, they're loud. Sometimes they're a little bold. Sometimes they say some some stuff, but they're very loyal fans. I can respect Raider fans for how much they love their team. So it would be great for the NFL if the Raiders were back, if they were a marquee team again. So... I'm excited for them. I'm excited for them. Ravens, Steelers to be 2-0. It's a great, great thing to be. And that should give them a lot of confidence. I mean, I think Raider fans would have been happy to split their first two games going into the Dolphins to be 2-0. That's more than amazing. For the Chiefs to lose a game already two weeks in, that's even more amazing. The Chargers, who were supposed to be, you know, the the team that most, the media, or even myself, were talking about as the main contenders to the Chiefs, they're 1-1 too, so... They're up there. They're two and zero. They're they're looking down at the Chiefs, at the Chargers. They're tied with the Broncos, and I definitely believe more in the Raiders than the Broncos. You know, this soundbite might end up biting me in the ass, but I do believe more in the Raiders. And realistically, if it, like the Chiefs are still the favorites to win the the AFC West, in my opinion, uh, Raiders are great. You know, great start to the season, but the Chiefs are still um, the favorites to win the season, the AFC West. But in my predictions for the AFC playoff picture, I did say that that seventh spot was wide open for the AFC. I I, I said that I picked the Colts uh, ahead of the Patriots and ahead of Denver, but I, I I don't believe in it. I don't like I don't want to put my name on any of those three teams. Like all of those three teams, that, in my opinion, had some type of hole, and it wasn't like a definitive answer for for me for them to make the playoffs. And I kind of lumped, like, the Raiders with them. So it's going to be wide open. I think that seventh spot, even maybe the sixth, could be achievable for the Raiders. And, you know, the Chargers are 1-1. One one. The Cow- the Colts are 0-2. Um, the Broncos are 2-0. and So they're right there. I think they could realistically uh, – I think one of those um, wild card spots is going to go to the second place of the AFC North. Ravens, Browns, and then everyone else is going to fight for those last two. Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, Colts, Steelers. All of those teams are going to be fighting for those last two playoff spots. And the Raiders, you know, the strong starts to the season. Defense looks like they're solid. And I, from a lot of Raider fans, from what I heard before the season, that's all they needed. They just needed the defense to be all right, to not be detrimental, to allow their offense to be able to run their whole offense to run their play action, to not just be down 14-plus points and you you completely abandon the play action or the linebackers don't bite on it because who cares? We're up 14, we're up 20. It doesn't care. We don't care if you run for 10, 15 yards. We're just going to sit back and not let you do anything. So good for the Raider defense. It looks like they're going to be, you know, average to above average this season. That offense is clicking. Derek Carr is playing like his MVP candidate season i'm happy i'm excited for the raiders i'm excited for raider fans i'm excited to see uh the raiders how how they progress you know the cowboys get all the attention uh because they're a little louder but the raiders are just you know they should be getting some of that attention too for you know their 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 fans are just as proud they're just as loud they'll let you know about their past super bowls they'll let you know about your their rich history They'll they'll tell you almost they're they're almost the same just different. So for the Raiders, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun if they're a marquee team again. So we'll see. Uh, I do think they're gonna beat the Dolphins. They should be three and zero. And then that Raiders Charger games on Monday Night Football. That's gonna be a great game. Um, we that's probably gonna determine who's gonna be you know almost who's gonna be on that Chiefs. Who's gonna compete with the Chiefs and who's gonna just compete for a wild card spot. But let me know what you guys think.
Do you guys believe in the Raiders? I'm kind of just rambling. I just want to give Derek Carr his flowers. What a great start to the season. Henry Ruggs looks like he's going to have a 1,000-plus yard season. He has burners. He could run faster than almost anyone on that field. And that defense is solid. Is that it? Is that enough for the Raiders to make the playoffs? Let me know what you guys think. Um, Raider fans, are you guys excited? Is this the season Raider Nation is going back to the playoffs? It would be exciting. It would definitely be exciting. I, I would be happy to see the Raiders, especially with them being in Las Vegas and that beautiful stadium, for them to be back in the playoffs. They probably won't host a home playoff game just because it's going to be the Chiefs. But Raider Nation travels, so it'll, it'll be exciting no matter who they play. But yeah, let me know what you guys think about the Raiders. Are they pretenders, contenders? Or, you know, you still need to see more. Eli Manning and Peyton Manning have been amazing on Monday Night Football. They called the Packers versus Lions game this week. And last week they had the Raiders versus Raven overtime thriller. At both times, they have been amazing. And they have just been the most entertaining thing on TV. Um, last week, I kind of joined them a little late. I had forgotten that they were doing this um, secondary telecast on ESPN2. So I started watching the game on ESPN one, and it was it was okay. You know, it's it's what regular you know commentator and play by play is. But then I was on Twitter and I noticed people were talking about Eli Manning, and I was like, oh, that's right, they do have that secondary uh, coverage on ESPN two. I had I had seen it on Twitter before too that they were gonna do that. So I swapped it to ESPN two, and it was just like from the first few minutes I could already tell. All right, this is. This is way more fun. Um, obviously, they don't have the one thing that the the ESPN one telecast does have over, you know, Peyton Manning and Eli is that they have like those, you know, quirky stats that sometimes they get overboard, but they're they're pretty neat sometimes. Like uh, they give you like little like, oh, first player to do this in such and such time or, you know, this hasn't been done since 1966, like little fun, little stats like that. That's the only thing that, in my opinion, uh, ESPN one with the regular ESPN Monday Night Football uh, crew has over Eli and Payne. Other than that, Eli and Peyton Manning are just head and shoulders better than the regular telecast. Uh, it's fun. It's laid back. They give you insight on the game that you wouldn't normally see uh, or hear with the other with the main guys on Monday Night Football, and I find it very entertaining. Um, I'm a football junk. I'm a football junkie. Uh, I never really played, but I love football and. You know, I understand it, and I, I just, I love football. I love watching it. I love hearing, like, the nuances and all that stuff. And, you know, the, the main telecast is not it's not as intricate. It's not as detailed. It's fun. It's entertaining uh, for the most part. It gets a little uh, dull, and it gets repetitive, but it's it's decent. I mean, I, I know a lot of people really, really, like, are passionate about how much they dislike the ESPN, ESPN1 telecast. For myself, I mean, it's 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 okay. It's it's not bad. It'll do. I'm kind of used to it. Um, like it's what I've been known. It's the only thing I've known for as long as been watching football. It's just yeah. I think of other you know play by plays and other commentators, and I'm like, all right, I would rather have Romo or I would rather have you know Joe Buck or whatever. Like, but it's it's more this more or less the same as any other commentator. It's not terrible in my opinion. It's just decent. It's just it's what I know. So it's, I can't really compare it to anything else. Um, I don't really think they're terrible. I don't really think they're amazing. I just think they're in between. It's what I know. I, I love football, so I'm obviously going to watch it. Monday Night Football it usually has you know a good slate of games. So even if I did think it was terrible, I would always be watching it just because it's Monday Night Football, primetime game, good good marquee matchups. But what I'm trying to get to is ESPN2 with Peyton Manning and Eli is just 100 times better. This is something that I actually, like, given the options, and now I do, I would I would always, you know, I, I'm telling my friends about it. I've told, uh, you know, my roommates, my friends. I've, I've mentioned it to people. I'm like, hey, you guys got to watch this Eli versus Peyton. If you're not a football junkie, if you just kind of like football, just to watch it, just you kind of keep up with it. I think ESPN1 is fine. But for like you know the people that really want to hear how defenses are breaking down or or what people are thinking as the play goes on, I think ESPN two with Eli and Payton is just fun. It's it's 
it's good coverage. Eli and Manning jab at each other like brothers do. Um, you're you're going to hear Eli just make reoccurring jokes about Peyton's big forehead. And I think the funnest part is that they have guests. People come. come. They have had Russell Wilson. They have had Rob Gronkowski. They had Pat McAfee. They, they had a lot of people come in, and for the most part, all of them have been, you know, amazing. They've been great. It's been fun. It's been insightful. Um, and then Peyton gives a lot more insight than Eli, but um, anyone that's been, that comes in as a guest, they give a lot of insight. They've had Pat McAfee uh, commentate over the punts. Um, Peyton usually gives his uh, his insights on what he, th- <clears throat> what he thinks is going to happen. And, like, one of, the, one of the ones that really caught my attention is, when the Raiders uh, on week one were on first and goal on er- overtime, and Eli was just saying like, "All right, Derek Carr, you don't need nothing crazy right now. You don't need to get it like a false start. You don't need to do like a a hard count or change up your cadence. Like uh, you're already first and goal from the one yard line. Getting a neutral zone infraction or like a fall or like a offsides is not going to do much for your offense because." What was what was what's the benefit of that? Half the distance to the goal, you're gonna get six inches, and the downside is for you to uh, one of your guys messes up because you're doing a hard count, you're switching up the cadence, and you get a false start, and now you instead of being one one um, first and goal from the one, now you're like first and goal from the five or the six, and sure enough, um, it happened on second down. Derek Carr did a hard count. He's like, ah. Or I don't know. He he changed up his cadence, and I think his uh, right guard bit on it or like jumped, and they lost five yards. And the very next play uh, on third down, uh, Derek Carr threw interception, and thankfully for the Raiders, they were able to force a fumble and get the game-winning field goal. But if I had been watching ESPN one, I'm a hundred percent sure I would have not uh, caught that. I would have just said, "Oh man, that lineman is dumb." Why is he jumping off sides? Come on, you're, you're first and goal from the second, um, from the one. You're second and goal from the one. Like, come on, just pay attention. But Eli giving me that insight made me realize, like, it's it's both of their fault. Obviously, the lineman should have kept um, his composure and not uh, do the false start. But Derek Carr should also know that, you know, second and goal from the one. It's not like we're going to get a first a first down. We're not going to get a fresh set of downs, like, on a pass interference the best that could happen is half the distance to the goal. So why would I do that? Like, I should just, you know, hike it, let our man beat their man, and punch it in. And it's basically what Eli was saying, and I agree. It makes sense. I never really even thought of that, but it makes sense. And those, those, that's just one quick example, but those are the examples. That's more or less what they give throughout the whole game. And then you add on top of that, they have guests. And then you add on top of that, they kind of make fun of each other. They clown on each other. Um, it's just, in my opinion, way more entertaining. So, yeah, if you guys have ESPN2, which I think most people that have ESPN1 have ESPN2, you guys should give it a chance. I think they're going to do 10 games this season. Uh, I think Mon- Monday Night Football has more than 10 games. So I'm hoping they just let them do all the Monday Night Football games. They rework their contract. But I think they're um, on this article I saw, I think it was just for 10 games. So uh, next Monday Night Football... Uh, which should be the Eagles versus the Cowboys. That's going to be another good one. I do think they're going to be doing that. Oh, I think right here, um, now that I'm looking at the schedule, it does say ESPN and ESPN2 on some of them. Or maybe they just haven't made the decision because after week three, all of them just say ESPN. But on week three, and it still says ESPN1 and ESPN2. So maybe they haven't decided which games they're going to do, but they are scheduled to be to be there for week three. Uh, ESPN2, it shows up right there. Eagles versus Cowboys. Hopefully they're there for week four, Raiders versus Chargers, because I think that's going to be an amazing game too. And then after they have the Colts versus Ravens, that's going to be great. Um, Peyton's old team, Titans-Bills after that. So Monday Night Football is what I've been saying. They have amazing matchups on Monday night. So regardless if they're, if, you know, if Eli and Manning aren't calling, you're always going to watch just because these matchups are amazing. And like I said, those, the ESPN one, their guys are fine. Uh, I don't really understand the hate that other people have for their commentators. Like, I'm not trying to say they're amazing. 
But at the end of the day, is this type of commentating is kind of what we're used to. Or maybe it's just me. I've just been, like, accustomed to it over time. But I don't think they're terrible. But Peyton and Eli, those guys are amazing, in my opinion. But make sure to, to take a look at them next week, Eagles versus Cowboys. And then let me know if, you know, if I'm crazy, if they're just annoying. I do think uh, sometimes you can, like, lose focus of the game and just pay attention to what Eli and Peyton and their guests are talking about. So I, I could see that argument if you were, if for the people that, if there's any people out there that are, are going to say that ESPN one telecast is better. I could see that argument. Like sometimes I would like, especially when Pat McAfee and uh, Rob Gronkowski came onto the show or to their, to ESPN two as guests, um, they kind of got sidetracked and I was just kind of paying attention to Eli, um, Peyton and uh, Rob Gronkowski or Eli Manning, um, Peyton and Pat McAfee. But I think that also had to do with the game. It was the Lions. It was the second half. And the the Packers were taking control of the game. And it wasn't too, too entertaining. So uh, it's fine, in my opinion. But <clears throat> make sure to take a look for week three and let me know what you guys think. So I went to my first football game ever this weekend. I would have loved to have gone to a football game before. When the Chargers were in San Diego, I would have loved to gone to one, but you know there was never money. I wasn't working, so uh, I never had the time. And then when I moved to San Francisco, uh, I for the most part I always worked Sundays, so I I never had the chance to go to a game. And to be realistic, football games are just very very expensive. They're not like baseball games where you get them for like fifteen bucks, and they're not like basketball games that uh, all over the week. So you don't really have to ask for a day off or you know fix your schedule around there there's bound to be a game that lands on your day off so football games um you know they evaded me for a long time i was happy that i was able to go to the opening of the first phone game for the chargers i'm not a charger fan anymore but it was fun cowboy fans were loud it was a very entertaining game but my number one takeaway from that game was that i don't believe in coach mike mccarthy um he seems a little outdated to me and that time management just was terrible at the end of the game. Uh, the Cowboys had plenty of timeouts. They had plenty of time to drive down. And it's not like they were having a hard time moving down the field uh, on that specific drive. They could have done way more with what they had. Um, a lot of time on the clock, plenty of timeouts. And unexplicably, Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys allow the clock to go down to like three seconds and kick a 57-yard field goal for the win. Fortunately for Mike McCarthy, it went it went in, and the Cowboys win, and they're you know they're one and one. But that could have easily gone bad, and they would have gone to overtime, and who knows what would have happened. But that was just a I couldn't believe my eyes. I was watching the match, I was watching the game, and I was just like, "What's going on? Why are they taking so long? They got two timeouts." They're not even in field goal range. I mean, technically, they were close because uh, they have uh, Greg Sterling, and he has, you know, he has one of the biggest legs in the NFL with Matt Prater and some other guys. He's right up there as, you know, his nickname's Legatron. And for some reason, they were just content. Like, McCarthy was just happy to kick a 50, not even a 50-plus. He, he shot, he kicked a 57, I believe. Like, it was a long, a very long field goal. And... Like, that was it. I couldn't believe it. I was watching. I was like, oh, man, they're going to start hurrying up right now. Like, obviously, in the if you have over a minute and a couple timeouts and you take your time, it's fine. You don't want to give the ball back to the other team. You don't want to kick a field goal and give them, like, 40, 50, excuse me. You don't want to give them um, 40 or 50 seconds after you kick a field goal to go down their field and, you know, get a field goal themselves. So that was fine. I was like, okay. It's fine. They're going slow. They're trying to run down that clog. Um, eventually, they're going to pick it up, and they're going to get that field goal, and it's probably going to be game over. And But they never picked up the intensity. They, they never, you know, used their timeouts wisely. They never really had any urgency. And I was just amazed that that was it. That was the game plan. A minute plus, a couple timeouts, and you end up with the 57-yard field goal. And it's not like you were, like, going on third or fourth down. Like, they weren't losing a lot of time because 
it was just a bunch of like dead plates. Like they could have definitely picked it up and gotten more yards. And I just couldn't believe that they were that nonchalant. They were they weren't hungry enough to go a little further into the field, ease ease their kicker into make it easier kicker, make it easier kick for their kicker. I was just you know in disbelief. Uh, I think everyone in my section was kind of like uh, confused, like. Uh, Cowboy fans were cheering, but they were kind of like, "Why? Like, come on, hurry up!" Charger fans were like, "Whoa, why are they taking so long?" It was just a weird dynamic. Obviously, there was it was still loud in the stadium, but I just couldn't believe it. And like overall, I think McCarthy is just not the guy. Uh, I think his offense is not it's not as modern. Like he has very like old playing style, and I don't think he can make the tough decisions because right now I do believe. Pollard is a better running back than Zeke. Zeke was, he's he doesn't look like the old Zeke, and I don't know if we're ever gonna get the old Zeke. Pollard, he has a lot of, he he looks more nimble. He looks like he has a better burst. He looks like he could just do more with the football. And I don't think McCarthy has it in him to start. You know, even giving them 50-50 splits, or just giving more carries to Pollard. And for like you know, I blame McCarthy for a lot of the stuff that the Packers didn't do in his time there and he had some management issues time management issues last season but no one really cared because they were terrible but I just I don't really believe in Mike McCarthy at last year when they were terrible that terrible start to their season uh you know there was rumors about Mike McCarthy can you fire Mike McCarthy in the first year in the first six weeks when you know he's a Super Bowl champion, there was there was I remember there was people talking like how early could you fire Mike McCarthy? Like is that insane to think? Like damn, we gotta move on from this guy and we just signed him and he's a Super Bowl champion. But this year, if the Cowboys stumble, which I don't think they will, too hard where Mike McCarthy will lose his job. But man, these Cowboys should have you know, I think they, if they have a better coach, then they could go way further into the playoffs. They could maybe even be contenders, but with Mike McCarthy, I just don't see it. I think he he was a pretty good coach in his in his heyday, but I don't think he's evolved enough as a coach, and that time management is just not there. So in my humble opinion, I think Mike McCarthy is just not the guy for the Cowboys. The Wolves are on the brink of falling off this season. They lose to Brentford 2-0, and now their season looks like it's dire, like it could just fall apart they could lose their team morale very very soon um Brentford who just came up from the um second division from league um from the championship um they have a great start to the season want to give Brentford all the credit they have a lot of players that are making you know their debut to the Premier League they've never played in the Premier League and now they're there and they're showing out they look like they belong they play with a lot of heart so I want to give Brentford, you know, all the credit in the world. Thoroughly deserved to beat the Wolves this past weekend. And they defend with a lot of grit. You know, for some people, they were wasting too much time. And, you know, it's not the best soccer. But honestly, I can't fault them. It's whatever tactics you got to do to stay up, especially in your first season. So can't really fault it. Wolves should have been better. Wolves did not have a shot on target, even though they played against 10 men. In like the last 30 minutes, just a disgraceful, pitiful, embarrassing performance by the Wolves. I myself am a Wolves fan, so I woke up early, woke up at 4:30 in the morning, just so I could watch the Wolves. Even though I had, you know, I had a, I had to drive later on that day, make a little road trip, but it didn't matter. I wanted to watch the Wolves. I wanted to see. I thought we were in for a win. I thought this was going to be the Wolves. You know, they're going to start stacking wins back to back, but. It wasn't to be. The Wolves had 11 shots, zero on target. They didn't look dangerous. They played against 10 men for the last 30 minutes. They they kept put they kept putting forwards. Silva came on. Um, Potence came on. It, they sent everybody. Everybody was up top. Uh, Adama, Trincao played left back. They were playing with like six or seven attackers, and they could just not get it done. It was not to be for the Wolves. And now we're here, dumbfounded at what the Wolves should do going forward. Uh, Bruno has brought a more offensive style. It looks a little better, but that defense is just not strong enough. Size, um, Connor Cody, 
they they just look weak. It looks like a back back a weak back line. Um, I think they should go to a four. Realist, uh, ideally, they should go to a four, but they just don't have the center backs to do it. Kilman should have slid that ball out of bounds, but he tried to keep it on his feet and he he let them get away with it. That midfield doesn't have enough dynamic uh, movement. Moutinho is very old. Neves is not the most dynamic midfielder. He's a, he's a great midfielder, but he's not the most dynamic. Marcal, I think he should not be starting. Uh, he, that was a terrible, terrible penalty. It gets me mad just thinking about it. Like, what are you doing? You can see it coming before. Um, there was a He caused a penalty on the second back-to-back corner kick. And on the first one, they could have called it too. I was watching and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you holding on to this man so hard? I give, like, just do it with one sidearm. Like, try to be discreet. But he was just hugging this man. And that was the first corner. And Brentford earned another corner after the first corner. And I was like, okay, someone should tell Marcal, Marsal. Someone should tell him, like, yo, ease off, dude. Like, it's very obvious what you're doing. No one tells him that. He's he's doing the same thing. And sure enough, penalty on the second corner. I was watching the game laying in bed, and I was I could see it coming from miles away. I, I saw under the Wolves post that other people could see it coming too. It was it was blatant, like terrible defending on a corner kick. And it was just a frustrating, frustrating morning just overall. Adama got to the touchline, got to the baseline a couple times, but those crosses, they just continue to be poor, terrible. Like, you just applaud him for the power and the speed that he possesses. He's always able to get to the, to the byline, but he, his crosses, his service is just terrible. Ah, it's so frustrating because you just, if he could just get that last part of his game down, he would be so, so good, but... He, um, we're starting it's like he's what 25 years old now like when is it gonna come is it gonna come um you hope that it will but it just doesn't seem like it's getting better Raul Jimenez uh he's just not the same player he's not getting the chances he, he he's losing possession sometimes uh hopefully for Wolves fans and for Jimenez and for the Mexican national team he comes back into form but it's taking longer than you would have wished for Trincao, after playing amazing in the first few games, he's being a little more sloppy with the ball. He, he He's trying to over-dribble sometimes. He's not getting into dangerous positions enough. Uh, that It just it looks hard. You, you look at the Wolves roster and you just think, where are the goals going to come from? If Raul Jimenez is not in form, he's not the Raul Jimenez that he was. Hopefully he comes back, but he's not right there. Adama can't score. He's not a finisher. He's not a crosser. He's a very good dribbler. He's very fast. Um, Trincao, not really known as a scorer. Neto is probably the biggest scorer, but he's still injured. Thiago, I mean, Fabio Silva, he's still young and unproven, and it looks like that money, hopefully it turns out to be a good investment, but right now it's not. Moutinho, Neves, they're not really goal scorers. Semedo doesn't really get forward like that as a wingback. Marcao doesn't really... He, he shoots wild shots, but they don't really look dangerous. Um, Potence is not really a scorer. It's just where are the goals going to come from? That's the defense, the the lack of speed, of dynamic play from the midfield, and looking at your front line and thinking like they're pretty quality players, but they're not goal scorers. Where are the goals going to come from? Those are the problems with the Wolves. You need to get better play from your center backs to have stout defense. You need to add speed to the midfield, and you need to add goal scorers. Uh, thankfully for the Wolves, uh, Juan Kichan looks like he's dangerous, looks like he's going to be a great uh, loney for the Wolves. But other than that, it's very, very dire. Willie Bali should be the starting center back going like moving forward. Um, I've heard about benching Cody. Like he's a decent center back for a back five, but if you want to go to a back four, he might not be quality enough. Um, size should be benched. There's a lot of things that needs to be happening with the Wolves. I hope this is overreaction. I hope it turns it around. But if you look thoroughly dominated by Brentford, if you don't look like it's like you know you have goal scoring chance, the goalie had zero shots on target. He, he had no saves for, from a team that just got promoted from the championship 
like it should be better than this and it's not and hopefully bruno ball starts clicking and we start getting goals but it doesn't look like it is um and they play southampton um this sunday so we see how we'll see how they do that play Tottenham today so we'll see how they do but southampton newcastle aston villa leeds everton crystal palace west ham norwich city burnley and then you play liverpool and man city and then brighton chelsea so those are four hard the schedule is not too too hard till you get to liverpool and manchester city so we'll see if the wolves are able to turn it around but overall it's been a frustrating frustrating hard to watch um the last few games at the beginning it was very nice to watch it was easy on the eyes but lately it's been frustrating it's been annoying it's been you know just hard as a wolves fan especially if you're waking up at 4 30 in the morning to catch your wolves and they just let you down but hopefully the wolves turn it around and they're able to have a better season but just a very disappointing loss to brentford and let me know what you guys think if there's any wolves fans out there uh how do you think this season's gonna play out i think up right now as of week well four four match days in or five match days in um i would just be happy to stay up to be honest 16th in the in the table right now i would be ecstatic if the wolves stay up i had top 10 aspirations when the season came in but right now i would be if you were to tell me that the wolves are going to stay in the premier league and they're going to have another season next year in the premier league i would happily take that and it's kind of sad but that's just the way i feel right now five match days in but let me know if you guys think am i being a pessimist is this going to be okay do we still have top 10 aspirations can we still fight for europe let me know what you guys think the premier league is going to come down to chelsea liverpool manchester united and Manchester City, Tottenham have shown themselves as the pretenders that they are um, losing 3-0 to Chelsea. And then last week, losing 3-0 to Crystal Palace. Back-to-back 3-0 defeats after starting 3-for-3. Three three. Um, it was always going to be tough for them to keep it, keep it up after beating Man City 1-0. They follow that up with the 1-0 victory against the Wolves and a 1-0 victory against Watford. None of those matches were spectacular by any means by the Tottenham, but it got fans, it got some people rumbling. Can Tottenham, you know, keep up with these other teams? Can Nuno, you know, bring that counterattacking tactics to Tottenham? Could it actually work there? And now they have Harry Kane back completely in the fold and two back-to-back 3-0 defeats to Crystal Palace, Tottenham. Um, it's I think it's safe to say that they're pretenders. They're going to be fighting for Europa, and that's about it. And in other news, Chelsea defeats them 3-0. They're top of the league. Their class, Tuchel, is up there as, you know, the best coach in the world, not just in the Premier League. Liverpool look like they're back to their old ways. Another impressive victory, beating Norwich 3-0. Um, Salah got into the scoring. Mane got into the scoring. That's good to see if you're a Liverpool fan. Also, Manchester United was able to get a win. 2-1 victory against West Ham. Um, Ronaldo should have gotten some penalties, in my opinion. He scores again. He scored in every match that he's played for Manchester United. It's a great signing for Manchester United. I think they're going to be there to the end. And also, uh, Manchester City tied this week, but they're the current champions. By no means do I think um, they're not going to have it in them to you know make a run at the end of the season. 0-0 against Southampton. We'll see how they fix it. They got Chelsea next, and they got Liverpool next. So that's going to be fun. And they got a group stage match against PSG um, in the middle of that. So those matches are going to be fun. But I think, you know, the season's getting started, but we can safely say that Tottenham is a pretender, and it's going to come down to Chelsea, both Manchester teams, and Liverpool. So I, I, still, I still think it's going to be a great season. I, I, I didn't rate Liverpool that high. Before the season, you know, it was a facade of what they did in the first three weeks. I don't think they're going to be top four, top six material. But we'll see. Chelsea play City coming up. Um, they play Liverpool soon, too. So the season's about to start heating up. We're about to see a lot of top six teams going at it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. 
uh, what do you guys think after five match days? What are the teams that you guys think um, are going to be contending? Obviously, the four that I mentioned should be in everyone's list. I would say so. But I still think I give Chelsea the edge um, just because, you know, Tuchel is such a great coach. They're solid in the back. They have one goal against so far. So does Liverpool and so does uh, Manchester City. But I just give Chelsea the edge. I like their roster. I like their coach. Manchester United, they're going to be there too just because I think Ronaldo just makes that much of a difference. And Liverpool, I just can't I can't pick. If I were to pick who is to win right now, I would probably say Chelsea. But I want to say Manchester United. And I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool wins either. And you can never count out Manchester City. But it's going to be a great, great season. It's already a great season. Brighton are up there too, but I think they'll fall off eventually. Everton is kind of there too, but I think they'll fall off eventually. I think it'll come down between those four teams. And I want to see Manchester. I want to say Manchester United. So I'm going to say Manchester United. I think Manchester United gets it together and they win their first title in what seems like forever. But yeah, after five match days, um, the real teams are starting to show up. The pretenders are starting to, you know, fall back. Uh, Leicester City struggling. I think eventually they turn it around, hopefully. Arsenal, after not winning in the first three games, have won their last two. So we'll see if they're able to climb back up. Uh, West Ham, we'll see how they do. Um, they won their first two. They've been struggling in their last three. Uh, but yeah, let me know what you guys think after five match days. Who's the pretenders? Who's the contenders? Um, can Chelsea, Liverpool win the league? Can Manchester United do it with Ronaldo? It's gonna be an entertaining, entertaining season. I'm very excited. I can't, I can't wait till the weekend so I can see more soccer, football. But let me know what you guys think. Uh, this should do it for episode 65 of the Hearts 66 of the Hearts Handle Sports Podcast. Thank you for supporting. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and have a great rest of your day. I'm out.